Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, the Outreach Minister here on staff, and for the next 25 minutes, I'll also be your host as Rabbi Schneider explains why nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Over and over again in the Bible, we see stories of God doing amazing supernatural things. Yet when it comes to the Messiah's birth, there are so many people who question its authenticity. And so today, Rabbi is going to show us why the concept of a messianic supernatural birth is rooted all the way back in the Old Testament. Our series is on messianic prophecy. And with our message titled, Birth of Messiah Revealed in the Old Testament, Testament. Here is Rabbi Schneider. Father God, we ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ask you, Father, to make deep inroads in our souls. Father, that we would be utterly convinced that Yeshua is the only way to you. And that, Father, being convinced, we would have the courage to be bold witnesses in this wicked and perverse generation. We ask it, Father God, in Yeshua's name. Father, I pray that you release not the spirit of life. Father God, that those that are hearing would recognize that Yeshua is not just someone that was crucified 2,000 years ago. Father, that he ever lives. That the same one, Father, that was crucified is living right now. We bless you, King Jesus. And it's for your glory that we pray, amen and amen. What we're doing now is we're looking at predictive prophecy. We know that Yeshua was manifest into the world when Miriam, his mother, Mary, we say in English, conceived him by the Holy Spirit. Many of us know the story. All of a sudden, the angel came to Mary, told her that she had conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, by the Ruach, the breath of God, we know that when Joseph, her husband that she was engaged to, heard about it, he was thinking of putting her away because such a shameful thing to have gotten pregnant uh, when they had never come together. But the angel convinced Joseph that this was something of the Lord. Joseph married her anyway, but the child that Joseph and Miriam raised, Yeshua, was not a child that came through natural means. It wasn't a Joseph sperm that caused the child to be born into the world. It was rather the supernatural impregnation that took place by the Holy Spirit. Now, this seems fantastical. Some would consider this to be too much a myth. Let me show you how this concept of supernatural birth goes all the way back to Abraham, Abraham, who is the father of us all. We remember the story in the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis, how God had spoken to Abraham that through his seed, through his line, his lineage, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. You see, God did not choose the Jewish people just to keep them separate unto themselves with no interaction with the nations forever. That wasn't the destiny that the Lord had for Israel, of whom Abraham is the forefather. No, God's purpose for Israel was ultimately that they would be priest to the entire world and that the Messiah would come to the world through their line who would become the savior of mankind. Let me talk about this again. As we're studying messianic prophecy, 
We're looking once again at how through the Hebrew people, beginning with Abraham, Messiah came into the world. Paul spoke about this in the book of Romans, that the Messiah is blessed over all, a Jew. Jesus said salvation comes from the Jews. But what does it mean to be chosen as a Jew? What does it mean that God chose Israel? Does it mean that they were chosen just to be better than everybody else? No. They were chosen to be the servant of the world. Through the Jews, the scriptures came to the world. This country, the United States of America, was founded on the principles of the Ten Commandments that God gave the Jewish people. In fact, the morality of the Western world is founded and rooted in the reality of the Hebrew Bible. And so the Hebrew scriptures became the moral bedrock of Western civilization. God chose Jewish people not just to separate them so he could bless them and leave the rest of the world to go wherever. No, God chose Israel ultimately to be the servants and the priest of the world, to be a blessing to the world. And so it was through Israel that Messiah came. So God said to Abraham in Genesis 18, Abraham, you're going to bear a child through your wife, Sarah. And when the Lord said this to Abraham in Genesis 18, Abraham had already given up hope on that promise because he was past the age of childbearing anymore, as was his wife. But the Lord rebuked them when Sarah laughed when God spoke in Genesis 18, when he said, the Lord said to them, at this time next year, you're going to have that child that you've been waiting for, that you've given up on. Sarah laughed because she knew that she was no longer scientifically capable of bringing forth a child. Neither was Abraham. And the Lord rebuked her and said, why did you laugh? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? And I want to just, before I go on, just challenge all of us with that word. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Some of you are at a place in your life right now where you're like feeling that you have your last breath of hope, that you feel you're just about to drown in hopelessness. Some may be wondering right now, am I going to go under? There doesn't seem to be a way forward for some of us. We don't know where to go anymore. We've given up some of us on our dreams. But let's remember who God is and let's remember his word. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? You see, beloved one, our God is a God of resurrection. He's a God that brings forth life out of death. And so he challenged Abraham and Sarah when they had run out of hope, when their dream had died. And when their dream was dead, he said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? You're going to have the child, I promised you. And so I'm going to move on, but I just want to say to you and I right now, let's always keep that before us, regardless of where we're at in life. There may no longer be any hope in the natural, but let's remember, we have a relationship with the God that's supernatural and nothing is too difficult for him. And so I bless you right now in the name of Yeshua. May you go from strength to strength. I want to just say to you, Shatelchu, Mikoach lechoach. May you go from strength to strength. As God encourages us with faith, he's supernatural and nothing is too difficult for him. And so the Lord says to Avraham, at the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year and Sarah will have a son. 
Well, sure enough, the Lord, a year later, Sarah had the son Isaac, and the line continued, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the line of Messiah continued into the world, and uh, Yeshua was eventually born. We read in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Now, the birth of Yeshua, the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord to the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates means God with us. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi Schneider will be right back. But first, we have a special announcement. Let's check it out. Over the last few decades, God's people have come to associate the rainbow with the LGBTQ community. But have we surrendered? Did God have a different purpose for the rainbow? Revelation 4 tells us, and there was a rainbow around God's throne. This July 28th through the 30th, join Rabbi Schneider as he leads a movement across the globe to take the rainbow back. Together, we can help restore the meaning of the rainbow to its God-given purpose and point mankind back to Jesus. United, we will oppose unrighteousness by empowering God's people to push back the powers of darkness to not only protect our children, but generations to come. To answer the call and take your stand, visit takingtherainbowback.com for more information and join this growing movement today. That's takingtherainbowback.com. Now here is Rabbi Schneider with the rest of today's message. And so it's helpful when some might have a difficult time believing that a virgin could conceive, as was the case with Mary or Miriam, to recognize that this concept of supernatural birth is not something that's new to the Brit Hadashah, to the New Covenant Scriptures. It's something that's rooted all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back, beloved, to the first book of the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis, where Sarah, that was way past the age of childbearing, both her and Abraham, close to 100 years old, 90 and 100 years old, and God supernaturally gives life to their organs and brings forth Isaac. And so let's just encourage ourselves that we've got a God that's the God of the impossible and recognize that when Yeshua was born into the world supernaturally by the Ruach HaKadosh, he was continuing the messianic river that began with the life of Abraham and Sarah in the giving forth of their son Isaac. And that Jesus repeated Israel's history by being born into the world supernaturally and brought it to a climax by not only being born by a woman that was too old to conceive, but being born by a woman that had never been impregnated. And why should not Yeshua's birth be the most supernatural birth at all. In other words, Isaac's birth was supernatural, Baruch Hashem. 
But shouldn't we expect that Yeshua's birth would be the climactic supernatural birth because he is the most unique being that has ever lived in the world, past, present, and future. And with that being said, we would expect Yeshua's birth to even be more supernatural than the birth of Isaac. So God goes a step further. He doesn't impregnate a woman that's 90 years old by a man that's 100 years old. He impregnates a woman that had never had relations with a man and brings forth the Savior of the world, Baruch Hashem. Hear what Isaiah the Hebrew prophet said. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Matthew quotes that exact scripture in Matthew chapter 1, showing, beloved ones, how Yeshua fulfilled Old Testament prophecies and what Matthew is endeavoring to do, what all the writers of the Brich Hadashah, the New Testament, were endeavoring to do was show you and I how the Hebrew Bible, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, how it all fits together in Yeshua like a hand in a glove. Let's continue this trail. We've looked once again at types and shadows. We've looked at how Yeshua fulfilled Israel's history. We've looked at many predictive prophecies, including the Hebrew Bible foretelling the line that Yeshua would come into the world from in terms of his genealogy. We looked at the fact that the Hebrew Bible predicted the supernatural way that he would come into the world, that he would make entrance through a supernatural birth. But did you know that the Hebrew Bible even identified the city that Yeshua would be born in. Listen to this. I'm reading now from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And so from Bethlehem, Micah's predicting, one that's going to be the ruler of the nations, one that is, listen to this, from eternity is going to be coming into the world. It's really amazing to me if we really stop and pause and let this check our spirits Micah predicted that this one that would come forth out of Bethlehem, he was going to have an origin that was from eternity. His going forth, he said, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This is huge. What Micah is doing here is showing us that one is going to come out of Bethlehem whose root is in eternity. Do you know, in traditional Judaism, the thought is that the Messiah would just be a man. In fact, traditional Judaism teaches that there is a potential Messiah in every generation. They believe the Messiah will do great things that will turn Israel back to the Torah. Of course, our understanding of Messiah as believers in Yeshua is that Messiah is more than just a man. He's rather God who clothed himself in humanity. And this is what Micah the Hebrew prophet is getting at here, that this Messiah that will begin his work from Bethlehem, his goings forth are from the days of eternity. Now, how do we see this fulfilled in the New Testament? We all know it. Anyone that's ever celebrated Christmas knows it. We sing that song about Jesus coming from Bethlehem. Listen to Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 through 6. Now, after Yeshua was born in Bethlehem, 
right? Micah said he's going to come out of Bethlehem. His goings forth are from eternity. What does Matthew do? He goes back to Micah 2 and he says, Now Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod. The king, the Magi, went from the east, arrived in Jerusalem. Where is he that was born king of the Jews? And then Matthew goes on and he quotes from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, showing, beloved one, once again, how Yeshua is the Messiah, the promised one of Israel. You see, if we don't understand, this is the point, if we don't understand, if we don't have a thorough grasp of how our faith, the Messiah, is rooted in the Word. We're going to be like a branch that just is cast and forth in the wind. You know, like a boat on the sea without a rudder that is just blown whichever way the wind blows. If our faith isn't rooted in the written Word of God, we will have no root. It's the Word of God that quickeneth. Yeshua is the Word. The Word is both that which is breathed into us by the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, and the Word is also that which is recorded. David in Psalm 19, Psalm 119, he kept speaking of the Word. He said, revive me with your Word. I meditate on your Word day and night. And so if we want to have a depth to our faith, we need to do what is spoken of in the Scripture. We need to study to show ourselves approved. And I keep kind of harping on this, beloved one, but if I can share this with you again, there are too many weak-willed, weak-backed Christians that have no spine. And they have bowed down to the power of political correctness. Their spine has gone, instead of standing straight up for the Lord, instead of being a bold witness, instead of staying grounded in the Word, instead of proclaiming and witnessing to what the Word of God teaches and says, instead, because they don't know the Word, because they're not grounded in the Word, instead of having straight spines, instead of having courage, instead of being a light in the world, being a witness in the world, instead of being bold in the Lord, they bowed under the pressure of political correctness. They've come under the mindset of the day that, you know what, we shouldn't push our religion on anybody. We shouldn't push our faith on anybody. But beloved, that's not an apostolic faith. The apostolic faith is when Jesus chose the 12 and he sent them forth. And he said, as the Father sent me, so also I now send you. An apostolic faith is given to us at the end of the book of Luke and the beginning of the book of Acts where Jesus ascends up to heaven and the disciples are given the commission to go make disciples of all nations. And they went out into the entire world preaching the gospel. So don't tell me that we should not share our faith with people. Don't tell me that we should not be preaching the word. Don't tell me that we should not share the good news of Jesus with our friends and family and neighbors. This is the Great Commission. And if we don't know the Hebrew Bible, and if we're not rooted in the scriptures, and if we're not absolutely convinced that Yeshua is the only way, we'll never fulfill that apostolic calling. So my hope and my prayer, beloved one, is by seeing how Jesus fulfills messianic prophecy, your spine will be strengthened. You'll have peace and be his witness. 
You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And to learn more about this program or about our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider, let me invite you to go to our website. You'll find us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now, we all want to be a bold witness for Jesus and living out the Great Commission with our friends, family, and the people we meet every day as he's instructed. And that's why this ministry is so important. Rabbi's passion is to show us how the Old and New Testaments, how they're connected so we can stand in unity with one another and to declare God's glory. And one of the earliest promises and presentations of his glory, it comes from the book of Genesis when God placed the rainbow in the sky. This beautiful and colorful bow was a sign between God, Noah, and Noah's descendants that God would never again flood the earth. And we want to remind people about God's goodness and his promises to us. You can learn more about taking the rainbow back when you visit us online at takingtherainbowback.com. And we'd also love to tell you a little bit more about how you can partner with us this year with your prayers and finances. So to share more about that, here is Rabbi Schneider once again. Many of us have heard the principle of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And of course, what that means is we throw out the whole thing rather than keeping what's good. The reason I'm bringing this up is that some of us have forsaken honoring the Lord with our tithes and our offerings because we feel there's been those in the past that have tried to manipulate us for money. I simply wanna say this, beloved, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Honoring the Lord with our tithes and offerings goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. And today, the scripture tells us, if there are ministries that are blessing us and feeding us, we ought to support those ministries with our finances. Number one, to show thankfulness. Number two, to honor the Lord. And number three, so they can continue to be a blessing to the world. And those of you that sow your finances into ministries that are blessing the world, you're gonna be rewarded for it. Beloved, I wanna ask you for your help and I want to thank you in advance for your love and sacrificial support. To give a gift of any amount right now, call 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. You can also give a gift of any amount by mail when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or add your name to the growing list of people who are committed to sharing the good news of Messiah with the world by partnering with us. All you have to do is sign up when you click partner on our homepage at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. As a token of our appreciation for your generous financial gifts, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month that's available as an instant digital download, along with our engaging and insightful newsletter from Rabbi Schneider that's prepared each month especially for you. And then don't forget, this is the last week to get your t-shirt and other materials before our collective action week in on July the 28th. And to order everything you'll need as you join us, just visit our website at takingtherainbowback.com. We look forward to a very special weekend. Right now, let's wrap up today's program with a special blessing from Rabbi Schneider. The ironic blessing in the book of Numbers chapter 6 is not a blessing that comes from an impersonal being out there somewhere in the heavens. 
This special blessing comes from a person, Yahweh, God Almighty, our creator and maker. So receive God's blessing into your life right now. Yahweh, 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 The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm Dustin Roberts and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains how we can live with unwavering faith in Messiah. That's Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.